in today's show. We're looking ahead to the nine games on Friday in the NBA. Streaming options as well, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got nine games on. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the streaming options. Let's get into the first one. It is the Bulls and the Pacers, the Skater Boy, Zach Levine. Popped up on the injury report, old Zaki, with a back sprain. Strain, sorry. So that's not great. If he is out, what do they do? I would assume that Kobe White moves back in there and starts next to Ayo Desunmu. And that would make White a really good option to have. Um, not a bad insurance pick just at the moment in case Levine does miss that game. But we obviously want to watch to see how Levine plays or to see whether he does play and what that means for Desunmu, for DeRozan, for Kobe White there as well. I also want to watch Javante Green, whose minutes are pushing up. His production's pretty solid. Good defensive stats guy. Think of him as like a better shooting Darius Baisley at this point. And that does have at least some like 14-team value. Um, maybe pushes to 12, depending on what you need. For the Pacers, it doesn't appear like it's serious for Isaiah Jackson, but we don't know. We don't know whether he will play. We don't know whether the Dart Goga Badadze will play. I don't know whether O'Shea Brissett will play. If those three do play, I don't know what happens with Jackson. Does Jackson start? Does Goga start? What do the minutes look like? It's all a big mess. If you did add Jackson, I would hold through the trade deadline. If we hear that Goga is back and they start him, then you stream him in for this day. Brissett, you don't worry about. But there's a lot that can change there. And then, of course, there's the Red Rooster, Terry Taylor, who played 37 minutes last game and posted a huge double-double. If all three of these blokes are out, Taylor's going to have another big chance. In fact, even if two of those guys are out, I think Taylor's worth a stream. If they all play, what does he get? 10 minutes? That's the nature of this situation with these weird day-to-day injuries with blokes who are fourth or fifth string like Jackson and Taylor stepping up into big roles. You you need those guys to stay injured for them to maintain that value. And we just don't know where that's going to lie as we move forward. By the time you're watching this or listening to this, we might have clarity on Jackson or Goga or Brissett and that then Isaiah and Terry have no value at all. But they could be interesting. So we'll have to watch that. The Celtics and the Pistons. Al Horford's minutes have been up. His production's still a little bit all over the place, but they're running a really tight rotation at the moment. Basically eight men. Now, Yudoka said after the last game that he wanted to expand it out a little bit more, but the, the rotation he had was working so well, so he didn't. But Horford, 32 and 33 minutes the last two games. Is that where he sits? I honestly don't know. So that's what we want to watch to see what his value looks like. And then Joshy Richardson. Really, really good last game. Super, super hot shooting where he hit six triples. He's not going to do that every game. But he has taken all of those Dennis Schroeder minutes where he would play next to Marcus Smart. Schroeder is strictly a backup point guard. 
at this point. I've seen reports about Schroeder getting traded. Maybe the Bulls would want him. Maybe the Cavs would want him. I still don't think he's getting 30 minutes a night on those teams, even though the Cavs need that guard and the Bulls, with the absence of Lonzo Ball and Caruso, need a guard as well. He's just not that good. And he creates a lot more problems, I think, than he solves for most teams. I'm just super out on him. For the Pistons, what are they doing with Killian Hayes? Are they going to keep starting Corey Joseph? Hayes played like 20 minutes off the bench last game. That was really disappointing. He can be a steals and assist streamer, but the frustration is what, what the minutes look like. And then Jeremy Grant, second game back. What's Granny going to do? Does he play 35? How does it impact Alf Stewart, Killian, not Killian Hayes, Kelly Linick, Trey Lyles? All these guys, minutes are all over the place and pretty hard to predict. So that's something I want to watch over there as well. Cavs and Hornets. What does Cleveland do? Do they keep starting the Discman, C.D. Osman over Dean Wade? That's what they did last game. I do not expect Darius Garland to play. He's listed as, as day-to-day. He didn't practice with that back issue. I would not think he would... I think he'd... Try again. English is great. It's a good language to learn. I should try it someday. Um, I think that Garland will sit out on Friday and probably be back Sunday, which means Osman gets that chance, I think, again, and Brandon Goodwin gets another opportunity. Goodwin played 32 minutes as a starter. Only had seven points, but had some really nice assist numbers, and he, he can be a stream guy. Well, Osman's really touch and go. Sometimes he's shit out. Sometimes he's all right. He becomes a stream guy. For the Hornets, last time out, we saw PJ Washington play 40-plus minutes against the Celtics. Did he start because it was against the Celtics and they were going too big? Well, the Cavs are going too big, aren't they? So do we get um, do we get that sizable role once again for PJ as a starter? Is that what they go back for? Or is Gordon Hayward just returning? Is Jalen McDaniels returning? Both those guys could be back. So PJ could play 40 minutes or he could play 25, depending on a lot of factors. And then Kelly Oubre really racked up the big defensive stats last game. Huge minutes for him. But if Hayward is back, he won't play 30 plus, I would assume. And then where does he sit? Or sorry, the Americans that can't understand when I say the word assume, assume, my guys. Um, Yeah, I can't see how he gets 30 minutes. But that's something we'll have to watch for, isn't it? We don't have to watch to know where the best place is to place your bets because we know that already. It's bet online. BetOnline.net has got everything you need heading up to the Super Bowl. Player props, totals, um, lines, whatever. Everything there for the big game. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. Bet Online has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and live real-time updates on the current games. So don't wait to take advantage of all of the new amazing offers available for 2022 season. Bet Online is where the game starts. NBA trade deadline, Thursday, February 10th, 3 p.m. is the deadline. So we've got a live show on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel going from 2 p.m. Eastern, on Thursday, February 10th, through to 4 p.m. Eastern. Hosted by Kim Becker. Analysis by John Corrales. Analysis by Joshy Lloyd, the big fella. We're going to be breaking down all the moves that go on across the trade deadline, the ones that don't happen. Real-life perspectives, fantasy perspectives as well. So head across to the Locked On NBA YouTube channel and hit the notification bell. And then when we go live at 2 p.m. on Thursday, you'll know all about it. Hawks and Raptors. It's a back-to-back for Atlanta, so we should get a little bit more clarification on Trey Young and his injury, whether he plays or not. If he is out, the value of Bogdan Bogdanovich rises. Um, how the Bogdanovich-Herder-Hunter combo works is still always a big question for me. We've seen Bogdanovich push ahead of Herder on most nights, but last game without Young, we had 40 minutes for Herder and 31 for Bogdanovich. 
So how are they working together? What do the minutes look like? Bogdanovich is probably the guy ahead of, or definitely ahead of Herder and probably ahead of Hunter, but he's still very much a back-end guy, not a top 100 player, not a must-roster-ish, you know, really in every league format sort of player, a guy that's on that fringe area, but that can change very easily. And then what the hell goes on at center? Is it literally a minute split between Capella and Okongwu? We'll get another data point for that on Thursday. We'll get another data point for that on Friday. I think a Kongwu matching up against the Raptors, which is the matchup on Friday, is much better than Capella. So I don't know if Nate will ever have the balls to switch them or play a Kongwu more. And something to watch. For the Raptors, the NBA's best shooter and scorer, Gary Trent Jr. Can he keep scoring 30 points a game? It feels unlikely, but who bloody knows at this point? He had a run where he was getting three steals a game. Now that's dropped off. Now he hits 30 points a game. The bloke has just taken so many significant steps this season in those two areas. And they feel unrealistic. Getting those 2.5 steals was out of control. And it's dropped. And he's at like, I think, 1.4 or something over the last month, which is still all right, but it's not great. But now he's shooting like 50% on 30 usage, getting 30 points a game, which again is going to drop. And if both the things drop together, his value really tanks. But it's not. He's, He's great. He's playing so well. And then what the hell happens with the wiki, Chris Boucher? Bad bad numbers. 12, 21, and 18 the last three games. Under 20 minutes as a regular thing, not 12-team player. Hold for now, at least until Birch comes back and we see what happens. The Rockets and the Spurs. The delicate dance at Alperen Sengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Last time out, we saw that combination between him and Christian Wood. How much of that was because it was against the Cavs? Because they're going up against the Spurs, and the Spurs are small. They're going to be really small. So do we get back to Shengun and Wood, or does Shengun play the 14 minutes that Wood doesn't? It's a very, very interesting situation. Jalen Green, he played well against Cleveland. He's played poorly in a lot of games, but can he use that as a springboard to keep going and, and shoot better and score better for the rest of the year? I still worry about a lot of his peripherals, but he looked much better in that game. For the Spurs, well, a lot of guys could be out here. We don't know exactly, but on Thursday, there's no DeJounte Murray. There's no Jakob Pertl. There's no Doug McDermott. There's no Keita Bates-Diop. There's no Zach Collins or Jock Landau. All those guys are out. I would expect Pertl and Landau to both be out on Friday for the back-to-back with a concussion. I don't know whether the McDermott and Murray situations are just rests because it's on the first night of a back-to-back, but that is really interesting to watch. So... Where is the value appearing here? Will Trey Jones and Devin Vassell have to really step up? I think they will if those guys are out. We're also looking really closely at Drew Eubanks, who is going to have to be the starting center. And Thad Young is going to have to be his backup because there's actually nobody else unless they want Juancho Hernan Gomez to play at center, which sounds like a really, really bad idea. But there is some real things potentially opening up here for the Spurs if the Murray injury and McDermott injury keeps them out for both of these games. I don't think it will, but I do think the Pirtle will be out. The Nets and the Jazz. Last game, Nicky Claxton went off. Really, really big game. Does this make him a must-roster player? Well, the last two, the two games before that were dreadful. So, was it the fact that they were playing the Kings? Probably a big part of it. And now you play the Jazz, but the Jazz might not have Rudy Gobert out there. I really doubt that Claxton's an 82% shooter, 20 and 10 with five blocks player. Like, he's not. He's nobody. Literally nobody is. Um, but what do his minutes look like without Aldridge out there? I think it's going to be a situation where there's constant fluctuation for Claxton, but grab him and let's see what happens. Well, Jim Johnson really made us proud last time, played more minutes than Kessler Edwards. Again, predicting this, 
His last four games, 38, 26, 13, and 29 minutes. That's just literally all over the shop. He's not an ad really outside of very deep leagues. He's not even a top 300 player this year. But there'll be nights when they give him a little bit of extra run. And I don't know that this one's it. For Utah, well, the big questions are Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I do not expect Mitchell to play. I think there's a chance Gobert plays. Jordan Clarkson missed last game, as did Hassan Whiteside. I want to watch Trent Forrest, who was really, really, really good. How much of Joe Ingles' role can he take on? How much does it depend on Mitchell and Clarkson being out for him to be useful? And then Boyan Bogdanovich, who was really bad against the Nuggets. Like He's going to be up and down. He's going to do nothing else apart from shoot. And the problem you have is that how often does it go in? I do think he is must roster, but I understand if he doesn't fit exactly what you need to do that you may need to consider moving on. That is, that is possible. But if you're going to move on from something, move on from bad tasting protein bars because why would you bother? Built Bar's there. It exists. It tastes like a candy bar. It's delicious. But it's low in fat. It's low in carbs. It's low in sugar. It's low in calories. And it's high in protein. 17 grams of protein per bar. Fantastic for Built Bar. Those other protein bars, they taste like garbage. Built Bar's just taste amazing. So get Built Bars into your life. Whatever your favorite flavor, go cookies and cream first. That's the direction you steer. Then you go to coconut. That's probably your second option. After that, it's open slather. Just grab whatever flavor appeals to you because they are delicious. So head to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and save 15% off your order. Built Bar is built different. The Pelicans and the Nuggets. Um, I want to watch Jose Alvarado. He continues to impress. I don't think Willie Green's really in any place at this point to give him 30 minutes a night ahead of Devontae Graham. But I wouldn't blame him if he did. I just want to watch the Alvarado dynamic and the minutes and how he plays behind Graham. He's obviously well ahead of Thomas Sadoransky, obviously. And then Jackson Hayes. Josh Hart is questionable. We saw Hayes start at power for the last two games. One was good, one was bad. How does it look against Denver and Jeff Green? And the matchup's not terrible to have him out there. But I don't have full confidence in him being a full-time starting power forward. But you could at least stream him in and see what happens. Well, for the Nuggets, is Big Chungus going to play? Is Aaron Gordon going to play? They were both out last game. That gave an extra opportunity to Zeke Nagy. He didn't do a huge amount with it, but he did play 29 minutes. So just watching him, can he establish himself over Cousins and over Jermichael Green as a backup big man? And then we want to watch Monty Morris because Monty Morris will give us really, really strong numbers. They will be solid across the board and he will do things that are average at best. I sort of want to watch Morris to see whether maybe Bones can take something off him. There is almost no way. And Monty's just completely solid enough with zero upside. <sighs> Thunder and the Blazers. We got the news today that Jeremiah Robinson Earl is out for at least six weeks. At least six weeks should translate into, I'll see you later next season. You're not coming back. Broken foot. No way. No way he's playing again. I just, I, there's no way. I cannot see how he's playing again this year. Six weeks, sure. The reevaluation in six weeks will say, cool. Come back in August. I'll see you then. So, with Aaron Wiggins, we don't have an update on him. I am bracing for timeout for him as well with an ankle problem. I'm loath to say it, given how shitty he is, but is it Darius Baisley? His ability to block shots is interesting. His rebounding has been good. His shooting has been shocking. But if you need some of those numbers, the 25 minutes might push to 28, and maybe that's enough. And then we also have to watch Trey Mann, who went bananas last game. Remembering, that was not his first start. He'd started the two games previous to that and played 24 minutes in each of them and been completely useless. So he had a huge game against the Mavericks. Is that a turning point? Is that a breakout? Does that mean he continues that? Look, definitely not. But 
is it 32 minutes Trey Man? Is it 24 minutes Trey Man? Let's really, really watch that. I want to watch Anthony Simons in Portland because the last two games have been disappointing. Shooting numbers down, assist numbers down. Norman Powell really seeming to impact some of what he's doing. I'd like to see that change. And then as for Powell, he's been all right. He's been solid. He just doesn't excite me at all. I think he's really not... It doesn't make sense on this team to me. He's better off on a better team. But you know, what's he going to do? Where's he going to fit into the like, scoring hierarchy of this squad? That's the question I want to see. Uh, that's the question I want answered. The last game. Yeah, it is the last game. The Sixers and the Mavericks. Tyrese Maxey. Really impressive stuff from Maxey. He can be a little bit inconsistent. He can struggle at some times to do things other than score and hit threes. But with Seth Curry questionable, Milton and Korkmaz out again, there's going to be a huge, huge role for Maxi once more. And then we want to watch Matisse Thybul. Can he ever do anything that's not scoring? Well, sorry, that's not defensive stats. He's playing 30 minutes a night basically every night. And with Milton and Korkmaz out, that'll help. And if Curry's out again, that'll help more. And he's just a stream for those defensive stats. Well, for the Mavericks, it's been a good trend for Reggie Bullock. Last couple of games have been really strong. 31 and 35 minutes coming off the bench in the Tim Hardaway role, and he's pushing to at least 14 team leagues. And then Muxy Kleber was great last game as well without Porzingis, and there'll be no Porzingis in this one. So Kleber looks to be a pretty good stream to me. Let's look at some back-to-back options. The Thunder, the only team with that back-to-back Friday, Saturday. So Baisley, the Oklahoma City mudflap, Kenrich Williams, Trey Mann, and Ty Jerome. I'd probably be prioritizing Baisley and Mann there, then Williams and Jerome, but they're all options to add. In terms of just nine catch streams for Friday, Drew Eubanks, Muxy Kleber, Eric Gordon, Joshie Richardson, Chetty Osman, Kessler Edwards, Corey Joseph, Tori Craig, Javante Green, and Danilo Gallinari. Deeper leagues, all those names, plus throw in Jackson Hayes, Kenrich Williams, Isaac Okoro, Danny Green, Trey Mann, Grant Williams, Jeremy Lamb, Jose Alvarado, Rudy Gay, and Marquise Chris. And for points leagues, we're looking at Alperen Shengun, Drew Eubanks, Dorian Finney-Smith, Nick Claxton, Devin Vassell, Muxy Kleber, Chetty Osman, Eric Gordon, Darius Baisley, and... Kenrich Williams. That'll do it for me today, guys. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.